welcome back to Talks on the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I am your instructor, David L. Gray, Master of Arts in Theology, and we begin in Nomine Pacis, Ephilio, Espiritu Sancti. In this talk, I will be walking you through Chapter 3, Part 1, Section 1, called Man's Response to God. You can find a section in paragraphs numbers um, that are 142 all the way through 184 in the Catechism. In the previous two talks leading up to this one, we discuss why man has the capacity for God and how God fills that capacity with revelation about himself for the purpose of man's salvation. Now, in the final parts of this section called, I Believe, we will discuss the natural response that the creature ought to have in light of their creator revealing his love for them and inviting them into courtship. The Catechism of Catholic Church calls man's response to God, moving towards him, the obedience of faith, that is. Paragraph 143 states, By faith, man completely submits his intellect and will to his God. With his whole being, man gives his assent to God, the revealer. Sacred scripture calls this human response to God, the author of Revelation, the obedience of faith. The Catechism then goes on in the next paragraph, 144, to state, According to the root word in Latin, the word obey in faith is to submit freely to the word that has been heard because its truth is guaranteed by God who is truth itself. If you get anything out of this chapter or want to contemplate anything more deeply, you would do well to consider this Catholic teaching on this essential character of faith, that faith is not a noun, a person or place or thing. It is not an adjective that describes or modifies nouns or pronouns. Rather, faith is a verb. In this context, it is an action word. The Catholic understanding of faith is that faith is active, is moving, is always propelling the receiver of the gift of faith to rightly respond to the love of the author of the gift. In this life, as we ought, when someone gives us a gift, our natural response to receiving a gift if is some sort of thanks offering, either by word or gesture. Perhaps if the gift is beyond measure, we might be compelled in fealty or some type of duty because the gift was so great that there was nothing that we can give back in return. Then this very service of our life. Similarly, when God moves towards us, our natural response is to move in the direction that he compels us to, which is both towards him and in the direction of his calling on our life. In the case of Abram, the word of God was heard by him, telling him to go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you great nations. 
I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And like how Jesus would tell his apostles, he who listens to you listens to me. God told Abraham, I will curse those who curse you and bless those who bless you. The text then says that after God had revealed to Abram all this, the text then says, so Abram went. The scripture uses those three simple words, so Abram went, to convey a powerful teaching about the obedience of faith. That hearing the word of God moves us radically without fear or apprehension or worry because the truth of the word we heard was guaranteed by God. That reality bespeaks of how amazing God is. To contrast this with the purely human experience, for example, my mother who lives in Texas, she can call me. She can call me on the phone right now and then tell me to come see her because she needs to give me my inheritance. And I will go see my mother, but there's no guarantee that when I get there, there'll be any sort of inheritance because things could change. Her, her word isn't guaranteed. She might spend my inheritance. My inheritance could get stolen there. There's no guarantee that she'd even be alive when I get there. Such is not the case with God's word. His word is always true and always trustworthy. The calling upon the Blessed Mother Mary is another example which proves that faith binds us to actively obey the word of God. In fact, Paragraph 148 of the Catechism Catholic Church calls the Virgin Mary the perfect embodiment of the obedience of faith. After the angel Gabriel delivered to her the word of God, what was Mary's response? She says, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. Then when she visited Elizabeth, Elizabeth greeted her saying, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. It should not be hard to accept this just by reading the stories found in scriptures or by studying the human experience that faith takes a, a person like Moses shepherding sheep or like Philip sitting under a tree, that that. That person who was not moving and inspires or compels them to move. Or it takes a person who was moving in the wrong direction like Jonah or like Paul and inspires or compels them to move in the right direction. Yet, you should be aware that there are people out there who will accuse Catholics of believing <laughs> that we need works to save us. That we really do not believe in Faith, because if we did, we wouldn't believe that we need works. It is really such a silly thing. I hate to even have to discuss it here in this talk, but you should know about it. The reason why the author James says in chapter 2, verse 17, that faith without works is dead, is because faith that does not obey God, uh, faith that does not move, a faith that does not wake up and do something, a faith that does not turn and move in the right direction, 
is by definition dead. Because faith is not real unless it is actively obedient to God. The faith versus work thing is such a silly dichotomy, such a trifling error distinction that it is really always something that <laughs> that can only be found in a five-year, 500-year-old religion that was created for a sole purpose to invade, to protest against Catholicism. But in reality, in Catholic theology, we do not have a works-based salvation concept. Such a thing is completely forward to our understanding of soteriology and to our eschatological theology. We do not believe in some sort of distinction between faith and the character of faith. The character of faith is that it compels us to be obedient to God. And if someone was to call being obedient to God a work and, and, we, and say that we believe that those works save us, then okay, you got us. Right. But that active characteristic of faith is the same thing we would say about the other cardinal virtues of love and hope, both of which are actions and both of which compel and inspire us to move within the will of God. Who is the author of those virtues? Yet those people dare not say that they believe in love alone or in hope alone or that there is some sort of distinction between love and loving or hope and hoping. The problem is that faithing needs to be a word. Faithing needs to be a word. And then they'll understand what the author James said, that faith without works is dead. If you start your reading of James at the top of chapter 2, all James is doing is talking about what it means to be obedient to God. That if you have faith, this is what your life looks like. It will be obedient to God. You'll be faithing. The Catechism Cavalier says in paragraphs 169 and 171 that the church who's like a mother faithfully guards the faith, teaches it, and hands it down from generation to generation because she is what Paul called her, the pillar and bulwark of truth. If there were multiple truths, perhaps there would be multiple faiths. Because, but because there is only one Savior, there is only one faith, one baptism, one priesthood, one church. Indeed, it is through the church's liturgy of the Mass that men and women find the par excellence example of faith as obedience to God. Because it is there, through the liturgy's rhythm of responding to the Word of God by standing and sitting and kneeling and confessing and praying, actively listening, eating our promised inheritance, the body and blood of Jesus Christ, and then being called to go into the world and to give away what we have just received, that we find ourselves imitating Abram and Mary and Paul in the entire communion of saints. It is in the Mass that we find our faith is fully alive and that God is using the gift of faith that he has given us to be conformed to the image of his only begotten and beloved Son, Christ Jesus.
in the next talk. I'll be starting our journey through the Nicene Constantinople Creed, beginning with the profession, I believe in God the Father. Thank you for listening. Now go out and start faithing.